0: What time is it, you wonder? Well, it's time for Drinks with Tony on KPCRLP Santa Cruz, 101.9 FM.
1: Hi, I'm Noel Obiora, and we're listening to Drinks with Tony.
0: Tony You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Noel A. Obiora. And his book is called The Past That Breathes." It's on Rare Bird Lit. And we have Noel with us now. Noel,
1: how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I'm excited. We were just talking about, um, we were just talking about Los Angeles and the differences of Los Angeles and San Francisco. Well, you're in Benicia. Wait, wait, what part of Los Angeles did you live in when you were uh, in LA?
1: Oh, so I I actually lived mostly in Pasadena. Um, but I, my, I, my office was on a uh, wheelchair around the 300, um, area of wheelchair. That's and like kind of uh,
0: downtown, right?
1: Downtown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Downtown sort of closer to downtown. Just like yeah. getting into mid wheelchair. Yeah.
0: Cause the, and, in, the, in LA, you start to, you start to learn the, um, the numbers. If it's in the yeah. 3000s, it's kind of East. If If you're at the 88s and the 10,000s, you're closer to the beach.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I think and, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I and then I my, I moved back my office to be closer to Pasadena. So I stayed. I spent most of my time in LA in Pasadena, and then uh, my most of my working life was in LA proper. You know, between LA, Hollywood, Beverly Hills. At some point, my my office was in uh, on Beverly Drive in 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 Beverly Hills. I, I was renting one of those. Uh, Executive spaces from, from uh, from uh, uh, an executive office uh, renter, and it 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 was too much of a commute, so I canceled it um, and moved back to Pasadena.
0: The Pasadena to Beverly Hills is a commute. If you got a during commute, it's a it's a mess.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't start leaving when we don't you don't you don't even dare to leave around five or four. You just wait for the traffic to die down and then you head out.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I've tried to situa- situate myself in Los Angeles so when I work or I have any meetings, I do them. It's either the afternoon or the night. I'm not going to meet you anywhere near commute.
1: <clears throat> right. Right. The, 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 the freeways have no schedule. You know, you just when you get there, you, you can't say, oh, I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip this time and do it at this time because that's when it will be easier. It, it could just get jammed at any time. Oh, yeah. It's part of LA for me.
0: And what I used to do <clears throat> when I, I used to, well, before COVID, I tried, um, commuted from Los Feliz to uh, UCLA and mm-hmm. it just, it drove me nuts. But I always knew I can get off. I, I would leave early and I would do either work at UCLA or I would do my own work at a cafe if it was just too bad of traffic. <laughs> it's like all these little plans on the outside. Right. <laughs> but your book is based in Los Angeles. Yes. And um, I, I like that. Is what, 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 what was the decision for Los Angeles as the basis for the book?
1: So the, the book was really inspired by the frustrations of, the, of my practice back then when I was starting off my practice in LA and um, just representing people who really couldn't afford uh, representation for the most part. And, um, and just trying to hang in there with them and, and um, you know, try to encourage them and, and then try to push the process as much as you can so that the process is actually respected. Um, and so all the stuff that was happening was around LA. I, and and I, I sort of, at the time I, I knew LA better than I knew any other city because that was where I lived. That was where I practiced. And for the most part, I, I ran my own errands. Um, I, you know, served my own documents. I, you know, that was the place where I went out to dinner with friends. So I sort of knew a lot of LA and a lot of the places, and I. So did I, you didn't you didn't have a paralegal? was a fascinating place.
0: Yeah. You did you have a paralegal or secretary working with you as well, or
1: were you well, doing so time. much? What's that? Part part-time. Oh wow! Part time. Yeah. So a lot of times I would you know the paralegal, um, the paralegal, the paralegal uh, uh, um, schools would usually need their, their students to do internships. And so that's I got a lot of employment there. So they'd come intern in my office. But as soon as they got the experience, off they went to, to somebody, somebody better. Um, well, it continued like that, and uh, it was quite frustrating. And and, um, and I think one of the things that surprised me was um, was it. I still got got cases that were done. You know, just in my small practice, in my small struggle, um, I could still, I still have this responsibility, to, you know, um, was there. And, and um, so I, I did my best with it. And I found that it wasn't so much that experience as I should have been, you know, when I started off, um, that, wasn't, that wasn't the problem of my practice. Um, it wasn't so much that my clients, we didn't have the resources to like, make our case in court, that wasn't the hard part. The hard part was really getting the system to listen. You know, and that was the frustrating part because you're thinking, you know, the fact that we we actually you think that the the, the battle is in getting here. And we're here now. So we, we should be listened to, right? Um no, but the system just feels you're wasting its time. What do you mean you, you want to take this, We want to take this poor guy to trial? Just pleading. Let let's move on to more important cases. And that was that was really the frustration, and and um, and so criminal law wasn't fun. Criminal practice was isn't fun when you're not uh, when you're not doing it with an agency, or you're not doing it for someone who could afford to pay for it. And, oh, so
0: uh, is, so is it something where if you had if you were uh, with a major law firm that had a lot of kind of leverage, then you would have been listened to more with your clients because they would know they would be like, oh, you're with Blank and Blank all right, we'll give you five more, five more minutes. Or how does that work?
1: No, it's sort of like the other side would know that you have the resources to go to trial. Oh, okay. Well, the judge, the judge would know, the judge would be looking at you like, if you go to trial, I might have to help you. And I, that's not my job. You know, because I don't, I don't think you, you, you think you have the resources to go to trial. You think you can handle this trial, but I don't think you can. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, I, I'm prepared to do it. And, um, you know, but that's that's not always the case. And also, you know, a lot of times, um, you're not really fighting to prove anybody's innocence. You're fighting because the wrong, the the charge is the wrong charge. The charge, the charge has been trumped up, and you're you're thinking, no, we this shouldn't be this. It should be that. And and they're going, and you're going to go to trial to prove that. You're going to go. You're going to go to trial to prove he didn't. He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't have a knife in his hand when he kicked him, you know, uh, or something. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but it's sort of, and, and it's not practical for you to try to do that because you know there is some, there is something there, and it's just not the charge that you think it should be, um, and sometimes that, that's okay.
0: When you, when you were when you were pursuing your law degree, did did and then you became a lawyer. Was it was it was it way more frustrating than you thought it would be when when you were first were heading that in that direction?
1: When when you mean after I became a lawyer based on uh, what I studied? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I think you worded the question better for me. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I really, that's where this that's that's where the um that's where the story came from. I I remember you know just sitting down. I I was back. Uh, one evening sitting down with my food in front of the television to watch comedies and relax. And I was just thinking, and knowing that after, after, after this dinner, I'm going back to work. I'm going to work to get ready for the next morning. And I was just thinking, wondering whether my um, classmates who you know, we, we were, we were filled with all these ideals uh, of what the process should be or what, what to fight for. I was wondering if they were being as, getting as frustrated as I am or if they were just, you know, enjoying it cruising. And, and the fact of the matter was criminal law wasn't really all I did. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't even half my practice, but it was the most frustrating part of my practice. Um, well, maybe it was a, a little bit of that, um, but it was the most, it was so frustrating it, it took away because the consequences were huge, right? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and anyway, I, I, I invested a lot to make sure that, you know, I got the experience or that I didn't screw it up when I didn't have the experience. And so I remember thinking, I wondering whether my classmates were getting as frustrated as I am, or whether they've just given up the ideals we, we and principles who we were that were instilled in us, and just gone for the practical things, right? Yeah. And uh, and I imagined that I ran into a classmate, and that was, and the case came about. And imagine that I went to ran to a classmate and and ended up in a in a. You know, and then I, I thought about that and say, oh, what if someone did that and not knowing that they were going to be in a murder case together, and then and then that's how the the, the storyline evolved. Um, I you know, when I wanted to be a writer, I didn't think I was going to be writing uh, legal fiction. I just really loved writing, and I wanted to write stuff about life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this idea came up, I thought, hmm, that's interesting, because it it had all this. Um, elements to it it had the element it would have the element of the relationship um it would have the the element of the modern mystery um and then to have the element of the legal fiction um, um, of the time and uh, and so i i just ran with it and and this is what came up
0: <clears throat> the way what, what i have found when i'm writing is i'm trying to avoid writing what i really want to write well not what i want no no yeah let me reword that. I'm avoiding what I need to write because I want to write these other stories that go this way. And then there's this little knocking that's going, no, no, you have to tackle this. um, And it's going to be a lot harder and it's a really bad decision.
1: So you should probably stop now. And I'm
0: like, oh, I can't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I Yeah, I, I, I see that. But, you know, I think now that we're talking about it, it just reminded me that one of the other reasons was um, I'd been dreaming of writing, but work was just too much, um, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I, was, I, I was running my own practice. Um, I don't know. When I started my own practice, actually, I was paying rent with services. That's how I started. Mm-hmm. So, to pay for my office space, but I was renting, when I started, I was renting space from these three lawyers, these three former policemen who became lawyers. And so I rented space from them, but to pay for the space, I would provide services, like I'd go to court for them, argue motions, and, oh, wow. and then um, we'd sit down and, and they'll say, okay, so m- my idea was, it was going to cost me 15 hours, right, to say, okay, 15 hours at, my legal, at the rate we agreed, I think it was $100 an hour, then 15 hours at the rate we agreed with 1500 to pay my office, my copiers, my stuff, right? and then you go and go no 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 oh, you couldn't have spent one hour on this this has to be like 20 minutes this this must have taken so so you end up so unlike what i had planned to pay to pay for 1500 which would have been 15 hours you end up working 22 hours or 25 hours and then bargaining it down to 15 hours and after after a while i'm like no i'll just give you cash forget it wow uh, and and so so work was heavy and I really wanted to write and I wasn't having, I didn't get any time to write. Yeah. And so when this idea came along, I thought, hmm, that means I wouldn't have to go too far to research it. You know, That means I wouldn't have to add the, the time to go to the library to do all this stuff because this is what I do. You know, uh, I wouldn't have to go too far to research it. It may, it may help to start with this and, and build it up. And that's actually one of the reasons it took too long because then, when you find you have time, you go write what you really want to write, right? You, you're like, oh, forget this story. I'll come back to it. This is what I really want to write. Um, but but that's the, yeah, that, that helped because I thought, okay, if I'm writing what, I, if this story appeals to me, it's really something that means a lot to me. And it's not something I'd have to go too far to research, which would add more time to what time I don't already have. And so I I, I just ran with it.
0: When you were writing it, were did the frustrations come back of what you had to deal with as a lawyer? Was it were there some scenes where you just like,
1: oh, do I have to go through this again? Um, actually, no, differently. It, it, when it came back like that was when um a lot of last year, you know, a lot of um what was happening last year because you know I I said this during the period shortly after, during the OJ trial, which followed right. the, the Rodney King incident, which yeah. followed the Latasha Harlins incident, which a lot of people outside LA don't even know about Latasha Harlins. And it I was, don't
0: know it either because I'm new to LA, so. Yeah, so
1: it, it's a 16 year old girl, I believe, mm-hmm. she was 16 or 15, um, who, who purchased a, a bottle of milk in a store and got into an argument of some sort with the, with the store owner and and as she was leaving, the store owner shot her. And this was wow that far back. Yeah. And um, and and uh, and then the Los Angeles riots had happened months before that. And mm-hmm. and so in the midst of it, you're still trying to to run your practice. And um, so looking at it last year, that was when all those frustrations came back. All yeah, those, you know, things came back because you you're just seeing almost the same. The same level of indifference to to human life, just based on on race and lack of resources, um, right. playing out in a in a in a in a way that it shouldn't in a, in, in this society. Um, yeah. And so, so you you that that's when. But when I, when you're writing about it, it's almost like vengeance. You know, it's almost like sweet revenge. It's like. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna write about it, and you're not gonna look good in it. So yeah, so, so it allows to. So it, it's it's you know. But I wanted to I wanted to reflect, uh, just really reflect um, what it what it takes, what, what what people were going through back then.
0: Did you did you think when you I mean when you were writing this, you couldn't have predicted that the George Floyd murder would happen? Yeah. I, and then, no, and then and then. So uh, I mean, were you? Were you? Did you have a final draft by then? Um, oh, I had
1: a I had a final draft in two thousand and
0: nine. Oh really? Okay.
1: So so the final draft in 2009, well, the, I I'll say I had I had the first draft in two thousand and nine. Yeah. I said I had the final draft in twenty seventeen. Let's call it that because what happened was in you know I that 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 first draft was over a thousand pages. <laughs> And the editor looked at me and said, "You, you must be crazy if you think anybody's going to read a first novel that's this long, in this this uh, era where people are just reading short texts and emails."
0: I know it's it's, it's, it's a part of that's like really depressing. <laughs>
1: like, and um, and they they went and he goes, "Go go, any the only chance you have of this even getting a publisher is if you go cut it down by more than half." And I I looked at it and I'm like, no, I'm not calling this. This is what Sarah want to tell. You know, I was like thinking, oh, there there are, you know, I can self-publish. I can just dump this in the, and and do it my way. And, um, but one that was one side of me was saying that. The other side of me was saying, well, listen to him. It does make sense. And some of these edits make sense. But I didn't know how to call it then. Um, So I put it away and wrote other things and and I came back to it. And that's when I I started, Started really understanding um, what what was how best to to reflect what I wanted to say, and so when I when I cut it down to, I think when I cut it down to about six hundred pages, that's when I knew I, I think I had a drive and that would have been like twenty seventeen, and then um, we we it's, a lot of things were happening i um, in twenty eighteen, but that was the next the, the I know the draft that now went to the publishers was then, and um, I think the publisher picked it up June last year, or something like June last year. I know, I know. I mean, it was in my editor's hands because um, um, I was using a consulting editor, and oh, okay. it was it was in his hands for before, for, before the beginning of last year or something like that. And um, he had another book he was working on that he needed to take care of before he, he got this out. And, um, and so this publisher picked it up and I, and I, you know, my editor was saying, oh, the, the story seems timely now, most so timely now, given what's happening. So that's probably why he picked it up immediately. And, uh, but we were glad he did. And that's why we thought, we actually thought the release date would be February or something like that, but it got delayed a little bit.
0: And that's at rare bird. Were you working with Tyson? Is that who? Yes. That? Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 He's great. I love that dude.
1: Yeah. Tyson is great.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you, so you had a consulting editor. What what does that mean? I, I've, I've, I haven't heard that before. Is that someone that's working with you on your edit as well as kind of presenting it to publishers?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so I was in a Squaw Valley, um, and, uh, in one of the workshops at, at the writer's workshops, and one of the workshops was, um, this great guy his name is jay he was working he said he was he was an editor for um i think it was bookman in in uh, bookman uh, in uh, berkeley uh, one of those or in, not in the bay area okay and he was uh he was running the workshop on this particular day and you know you you're in a workshop you have every, 12 of you have books you're trying to get out and you have an editor from a publishing house this is the chance, right to talk to him and I remember him saying, after the workshop, he said to everyone, "Okay, I am gonna. I know some of you have talked to me about whether I should, uh, whether I'll be willing to look at your book or look at what you're working on, and you know, uh, I just want to say this to all of you. you know, I am going to look at whatever you send me, and if it's good, I'll push it along to my publisher. But I'm only going to look at it once." I'm not gonna look at it twice. I don't care if you go back and make it the best possible book it could ever be. I don't care if it becomes Harry Potter, the next Harry Potter, I'm not gonna look at it again. So you you make sure it's the best, it, you, you have it at the best you can possibly have it before you send it to me. And um, so of course I just wrote his name down in my, in my journal and uh, in my address book. And um, when I was ready, I went looking for him. And it turned out he had retired from uh, the publishing house and was now working as a uh, consulting editor. But I just really wanted somebody to look at it before I sent it out. Yeah. um, But when I found out he was working in that capacity, I was like, oh, great. This is really what I want. And so we he looked at it and gave me some and really liked it and um, and took it on.
0: And was that in 2017 after you'd cut the 400
1: pages? No, he was the second guy to say, you "Better good cut this." Thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it was yeah. at the late 2017, or, yeah, or early 2018. Yeah, he was the first, second guy to say, "Go, you. This is said. I love this. This is great, but it has to be cut by at least half." Yeah. And then uh, I went to work on it, and so I think I think when the second person says it, you pay more attention. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no. It's it, it's it's the rule of like if if you know if someone is if someone's like oh man you're a jerk you're like all right whatever that guy's doesn't know what he's thinking and then like you know you hear you're a jerk three more times and you're like it could be yeah, me I, I know right <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm not the objective person in this, in this conversation <laughs> maybe, maybe I am a jerk wait, well let me reevaluate wait well, um when you're cutting that many pages how do you keep the essence of the story in I mean do you feel like you're losing did you feel like you're losing... Um, oh, what's the word for it? You probably know it better than I do.
1: <laughs> no, I think I... Guess, I always, I guess go, I blank. I always go blank. I always go blank. The yeah. essence of what yes. I'm trying to say, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it turns out that... Um, it turns out that, you know, when... Because this is... Uh, how do I put this? A lot of, a lot of what happened in this, in this book is based on what happened in real life. You know, I, um, just about every, a lot of, uh, just every issue you'd find in the book uh, was an issue I took from real life, my real life practice. And, um, and maybe the relationship part of it, I did what I isn't, um, is purely, mostly fiction, purely fiction. <laughs> um, but the rest of the courtroom scenes, except for the particular plot of, who died and what was fiction. But when you the legal tactics, the legal drama, the legal issues that were playing into it were based on um, things that were in my cases. And I think part of it is that you're too close to it. And you're finding and you're finding you're being fascinated. You're, it's almost like you're reading your own clips. You know, you're being fascinated with, oh, you did this and this happened. And that was really interesting when it happened. And somebody's looking at it uh, yeah that may be interesting but it's taking me away from the real story yeah you know? yeah, yeah. They, they, they go okay so you've set up this fiction this fictional murder mystery that needs to be solved yeah and you're off here talking talking about you know malcolm x the mother and son are talking about malcolm x and why you went to law school yeah that's great but you know it's it's jarring from solving the mother mystery you know you really you, you want to, so you, you, you're telling yourself in order to understand why he's going to put himself in this state of frustration when he can just go get a job. You know, when he can just go, I'm sick of this, go get a job. You have to understand the relationships that he had, the way he was brought up the, the, the people who, who he looked up to and why he thought, yeah, he was doing something worth doing, right? You know, so that relationship with his mother and how the composition that, that made him who he was, but then you, you go, okay, yeah, that's a conversation that was had, they had after he came back from court when they was frustrated and, but that conversation is just too, it's just taking you away from solving a murder mystery. Stay with the murder mystery, you know, cut off the conversation. And and a lot of, but, but because it's kind of personal, right? You go, I'm not, I'm not taking out this conversation <laughs> about Malcolm X if I try to say something. And, um, but after a while you go, yeah it's a mother mystery maybe that's another book and so you begin to find you begin to find um, that there is a spine you, once you find the spine for that for that story and you you realize that you know you can have projection from the spine, but you can't get it let it go too far i think when i when i want, when i think about when jay mentioned it i begin to i begin to realize that you know. or or, or you begin to find, I think the harder part was begin to find conversations because you're looking at it temporarily, right? The spine is is going, this is going, and the conversations are not temporarily removed from the spine. But the subject and the issues in the conversation, you're not looking at them as, you're thinking, oh, they're happening just after lunch, they're not happening during the lunch break, right? In the courtroom, and then we're gonna go back to the courtroom. No, but the issues and the conversations, in the, in the you, you're having is so far removed from the spine, even though temporarily you're having those compositions close to, this, close to the plot line, uh, physical uh, delivery of the plot line. So you begin to make those, dis- find those distinctions where you're saying, okay, this is not what. And I, I think that's what helped me begin to understand what they were talking about. Not that, not that, you know, this is really crappy writing which I was really defending so much. It's not that <laughs> crappy. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, it's, it's it's or that or that necessarily it's because the book is too long. Like, Bleak House was longer, and I enjoyed it. You know, um, no, it's not so much that. It's so much you know trying to stay with um, what I began to understand was the spine of the story and not allow other issues to distract from it. You know, I, I, always, I'm a firm believer in you still had to write
0: all of those scenes in spectacular detail, the ones that got cut Mm -hmm. and the essence that, and somehow it stays in there, even when they got cut you, it's like you as the author really need to know every ounce of conversation that happened, all the stuff in between. So then when it's trimmed down, it's, it's there. And the the reader kind of is the readers more, more along for the ride and they don't even know why, but it's because, you know, as the author that, it's just like this is grounded in a lot and right we may be dipping in on this scene but there was you know we don't need to show the 10 scenes that happen there but they're going to vibe the 10 scenes they're kind of there like ghost
1: exactly it makes it a much better book the fact that you've actually written those down um mm-hmm. i think it made it a much better book because if you ask the editor um who read this in 2009 if he if he had he had actually he did end up Looking at the same book and saying he liked it, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you ask him, if if he sees what what a particular conversation, a particular con- he would tell you, he would essentially tell you the subtext and the backstory of what happened because you didn't. It's not that like you changed what happened; is that you took a lot of that out and almost condensed it into something very precise. That, that reflected the the, the character um, or the, the the you know individual that you're trying to present, and so sort of um, so say say that aspect about the mother and this and the and the young man uh, talking about Malcolm X, you you find that when he has a conversation with the mother or when I think when there there, there was an instance where. His co-counsel said, "You know, I talked to your mother, and you know, she, he told me a little bit about you when you were younger, and and they didn't go into what they didn't go to into too much detail about what you, you know, any aspect of that what was taken out, but you could you could see that um, you could see what was taken out almost in that short explanation. You know, you could see that um, there that there was a whole there's a whole lot that goes in between this mother and son." In terms of relating to each other, in terms of conversing with each other, in terms of understanding what brought you here and why you, and and being being a support system for your for your work, um, but it's not on paper anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think for me, uh, especially for a first novel, it, it's it made it a better book.
0: Um, How do you feel about having your first novel out?
1: I'm still, <laughs> um, I you know it's. Exciting to begin with, um, but it's just—it's um, just strange, you know. It just—it's just, uh, it's, it's, its sort of there's this feeling of, you—you you know. Um, I think, especially because this novel has a lot of sensitive racial issues in it. You know, the 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 there's a biracial relationship. There's a an OJ type murder case happening. There's a you know, and all those um, systemic issues that come up. Um, a part of me, a part of me is apprehensive about how it, may, it might it be negatively construed. Instead of understanding, especially in this climate, instead of yeah. um, instead of taking it for what it's it's saying that, um, regardless of what the situation is, and let's face it, this country has come out of worse worse climates racial climates before, but regardless of what the situation is, um, at at its very core, we are human beings, and we can at least agree as human beings that this thing, take the Judge Floyd incident, for instance, it's just wrong. Regardless of, of, you know, you see a lot of people putting it in the context of, yeah, it's wrong, but worse things happen in, you know, this neighborhood, or it's wrong, but this data says this let's let's forget the butt part let's just focus on his wrong right and um and so that conversation needs to go on people need to understand that at, at, at the core of what um what uh um those who have not or those who are struggling or those who feel they are oppressed are struggling for is a human need not just a racial need it's it's a, it's uh it's something that we can all re- I can I can't imagine that we cannot all relate to it. And maybe I'm speaking from I'm, I'm speaking with, with my own biases, but it just strikes me that um when you when you pause to forget the deniability or forget the 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 defenses that you put up, you would see the wrong. And you you can you can you can agree that it's wrong. And so it's sort of it's sort of what these, two, what these two old friends, right, come to, and they're on different sides of the mother trial. And at some point, she says to him, oh, don't even go there. You know, you, I can't believe you you think this way. And he says to her, what, the, what are you talking about? You think exactly the same way, you know? And it's a conversation and an issue that they've not discussed before. But he has the confidence to say to her, I know exactly what you think about this situation. Don't tell me. That we're we're on different ideological spectrums, therefore we disagree. No, you think exactly the same way because I know you at your core, and you're a decent person and you're a human being, and this is what decency calls for. Yeah. We can argue about, you know, we can argue about the cost of it. We can argue about the practicality of it. Those things are uh, 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 noises around the core wrong that we can all agree to. And so that—that's sort of what what was pushing it. And it's and
0: it's so interesting because what scares me is George Floyd was mur— uh, you know—that that scares me when he was murdered. But it was that was filmed. What are the ones that haven't been filmed? filmed. What are the ones that we yeah. haven't been able to see? And that's when it's like this is bigger. Even with Rodney King, that that yeah. was I, I remember that time as you know I was. Um, I think I was, you know, I was like early 20s right. and it's just like that opened the world up to me because I'm like, wait a second. That was on tape. How many others were not on tape? Yeah. And that actually happens. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in my, I was in San Francisco just bopping around to punk shows and, blah, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden that comes out and that's, yeah, you know, brutal.
1: Is- oh, and, and I think, I think that's, that's what, you know, and, and that's 20 years ago, before everyone had a camera right. on their cell phones, right? Um, I think that's what happened with Latasha Harlins too, because um, the, the, she was in a store, she had, was at the counter, and she had just slammed the, the milk bottle on the counter and turned to leave. It turned out the security camera that was supposed to catch people doing things behind the, the, the cashier at the counter, saw everything. And that's, that, that's even why people would believe her. You know, people began to, people would, so the camera, the, 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 you know, the, tra- the camera is providing a degree of transparency that you, you know, that, you know, it's making people, it, it, it's broadening the base of the pro- proper conversation that we should be having. Uh, right. And yet, it's still not enough. You know, yeah. even with the camera, we're, st- we're still really disagreeing on what happened.
0: I, I you know, I think people are built on. Um, I mean, and I'd gab this too in my own life in denial. You know, mm-hmm. like I deny my feelings. <laughs> you know, I I, I mean I'm I'm a divorced fella, so you know it's just I, I've, I'm and it's just some things i think are so hard for people to comprehend because it's just like no that can't be that can't be right and it's just like no that's happening and i think it takes a while for them to digest and go wait a second yeah that is a problem <laughs>
1: let's, you know yeah yeah it, 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 when it when it pushes you to a level of in, you know discomfort that you don't want to deal with yeah and it's it's not really in your in your neighborhood or in your system you go um, okay let's someone else deal with it let's right. let's talk about something else um and um yeah it's 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 um well I, I I just I just think the younger people especially also the younger people um, are communicating a lot more with each other um I, I just so, so I sometimes all, all really wish that we older people should just step aside and let them have this conversation you know let's let's not let's not you know bring uh, our preset set views of what BLM should stand for, what it shouldn't stand for to their, to their conversation. Let them have this conversation. Let them, you know. Yeah.
0: I, I, sometimes I'm thinking, sometimes I see and I'm like, Oh man, the kids are all right. The kids are going to, yeah. the kids are going to yeah. be great. And then sometimes I see them do other stuff. and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> maybe not.
1: <It's laughs> this kids, this might be a
0: problem. <laughs> 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 I mean, we can step aside.
1: We'll be dead, you know, and they'll still be around, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, but they, they, they have more tools than we had to be able to communicate yeah. with each other, you know, to be able to say to each other, I don't agree with this, so I, I yeah. do agree with this, yeah. Um,
0: and it's weird, that brings anxiety at the same time, because they have so much coming at them, Right, which is, I mean, they can be like, oh, look, oh, the, you know, the George Floyd murder, this is bad, oh, TikTok. It, it's. Exactly. It, I'm. I'm like no, no, no. no. <laughs>
1: Let's focus on this for now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't have to know everything. Like, find what you dig, and then just kind of dig, dig, dig into that. You know, be yeah. good at that.
1: Yeah. Um. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I totally agree. I. Uh, they, they. have. They have so much going on, and. Um, and 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 a tendency to be distracted by that. Excuse me. Sure. Yeah. they have so much going on and a tendency to be distracted by it. and yeah. uh, um but i'm i'm actually um impressed by the kind of conversations they're having and also like they they're having these conversations not just in in the old neighborhood like right? right they're having these conversations in with people in Germany with people in you know it's, they, they, you're, you're having it it's interesting um yeah, it's really interesting the 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 range and breadth of of uh, their reach when they can ha- when they start communicating with each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I went mean, like when when I was um when I was young and the first time I traveled anywhere, it was in 1994 and I went to Paris. I never really even traveled to the United States, and it was like landing on an alien ship on a world where I'm just like, wait, what is it, you know? It's, there's no Airbnb. You know, I'm broke. I'm trying to sleep on friends of friends floors and I'm trying to just all I have is a, an address and a meeting place <laughs> and it's just like yeah and, and it's just um yeah it's it, it's uh I don't know why I brought that up I, I no, think yeah in
1: terms of the, the the range of this that these kids have now right it, it, yeah okay, think of when you were going to Paris right and if somebody could just you go in and you land and you find your way if somebody, if yeah. you could go online and go to Google Earth and say, okay, this is the street where I'm gonna be, right? So you actually have a sense of what it looks like. Yeah, you know, and you'd you'd walk in like an old timer, just you know, walking, but you 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 go in and if you have anything about what it looks like, it's a postcard that yeah. just captures a small space. But right now you can actually get someone to say, um, so I'm gonna be here and and a complete stranger too, right? Right. You say, Oh, so I'm gonna be on route or uh, whatever, yeah. and I'm thinking um, I have an appointment at ten here, but my friend wants to see me at eleven. Day, you think I can make it? Right. And you have ten people give you <laughs> options as how you can make it. Don't take the don't take the subway. Go this way. Oh, you right. can take this corner. You're gonna be able to do it. And they'll actually give you the Google Live pictures to see it. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it and took me like two days
0: to get to La defense. I'm saying it wrong, but the, the, the La defense yeah, area, yeah, yeah. I ended up in Garden Nord and then I was like, and then I got like, I didn't know I got a hotel there that night. And then I was hanging out and I'm like, oh, all these people hang out on the street. And then I started to realize, you know, all these dudes and I'm like, well, maybe I'll just hang out and like, you know, maybe strike up a conversation with them. And then people were picking them up in their cars and I'm like, these guys are prostitutes. <laughs> just like you know it's a, i you can't have that i i wouldn't be able to have that experience now because yeah. they'd be like don't be on the corner of blank and blank right. because people are going to think right. you're a prostitute you <laughs> know yeah
1: right and um uh, and it, and back then also you get lost and you go oh i know more of paris now you know yeah and so it so just always you know i i i sometimes tell them they, they don't know how 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 good they have it they don't they don't they don't it's almost like um you you I, I don't see a lot of them backpacking these days. Yeah. Because you know, in, I'm I'm thinking you should do that. You should do that, go experience the world. But but they well backpacking, I can just go online and see it and yeah. you know, figure out where I wanna go.
0: Get in, yeah, you, you know the next city you're going to. You have no idea how you're going to sleep that night. You might sleep yeah. on the street, but you have to ask the locals. You know, Australia has their gap year. They, they have to travel for a year, and I love that.
1: It's, That's great. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. 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 I mean, it's um, why, why are you rushing to, to get a degree that you probably may not have a job waiting for you when you come out?
0: I, I I, you've
1: lost I, oh. those very important years.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't have kids, so I I, I shouldn't be saying anything to a parent. My friends, my friends who have kids, but I, sometimes I go, hey, would you just give them three thousand dollars and a plane ticket and go figure it out, and I'll see you in a year, and they're gonna have to go get under the table jobs and they're gonna have to do these things to get from place to place to place, but they're gonna make the friends, they're gonna make friends that they're gonna stay with friends with for the rest of their lives because they did the struggle together,
1: you know. This generation will not may not take that deal. You'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah. They'd say to you yeah, no, that that's 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 the old time thing to do. That's like old school thing to do. Yeah. This yeah. generation may not take the deal, but for some reason, they're so eager to go 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 jump in and start working. You know, they're so eager to just get these jobs and build a resume, you know, and build a resume for like when they go into college and then when they come out of college to so that the resume. am like. You will work enough. You will work till you 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 tell yourself, I'm, I'm tired of working. Yeah. This period is important. Go enjoy it. You know, yeah. it's this, this not a dress rehearsal for being an adult. This right. is this is this is the time to be 17 years old and 18 years old. Not to not to prepare yourself to be 27 years old. No, you just live in this moment. Um, yeah,
0: and go complicate things go ha- go have a exactly. go have a kid on accident and see what happens and then all of a sudden you got a beautiful you know son or daughter and you're just like oh oh wow and it's there you know how <laughs> she, you she lives in belarus and i live here so we fly back and forth and you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's uh the complications yeah, are sometimes uh the struggle is sometimes fun you, you know you came to the states from nigeria yeah
1: yeah yeah, I came. I came to uh, go to school. I was 17 when I first uh, came here, and um, and my daughter is 17 now, and oh, I no can't way. imagine sending her across the across the ocean to go to go anywhere by herself. Yeah, I mean, I, I just you know, I, I we, we talk about it. And I'm thinking, yeah, anyway, I I got on the plane, and the instruction, the the main instruction I got was, you're 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 so it, for some reason. And I I don't I keep thinking about it. For some reason, I they didn't have the or the at least they didn't put me on that unaccompanied minor traveling arrangement. Uh-huh. I guess I was 17, so maybe back then they didn't think of me much of as a minor. So the instruction was, you're changing, you're switching place in Switzerland. And you better not miss that flight because you have no you have, you have no visa to stay in Switzerland beyond your transit period. So make sure you make your flight to New York from Switzerland. And that's the instruction a 17 year old got uh, when they hopped on the plane in Nigeria, in Lagos. Wow. And, uh, and uh, I, I remember landing in Switzerland that morning, hungry as heck, but not wanting to leave, <laughs> move away from that big giant uh, thing, showing you where the planes are arriving, where the planes are going. Right. And uh, just to make sure I get on my plane to New York. And, uh, and I, I right now my my daughter is uh, she and her friends are all planning all these trips, and I'm having like real anxiety about it. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about we're talking about trips to to you know New York and yeah. to, to even Los Angeles. They just came back from Tahoe,
0: uh-huh. and I'm
1: having like real anxieties about it. What do you mean you're going to Tahoe with five, seventeen-year-old? <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's what yeah. they need to do, though. They, yes, it's, that it's, is, that is. Yeah. Sometimes you
1: just have to let go.
0: When, when, um, what was it like growing up in Nigeria, and then you see how your daughter grew up here? I mean, is it like a huge contrast, or not? Or you're like, it was just so much the same because
1: kids are the same all over. Or, I think there's a lot of it is the same, um, um, but um, much more easier in terms of access to resources and access to things you need. Yeah. Um, I went to boarding school and in Nigeria it was kind of rite of passage. Most every almost most people go to boarding schools. So mm-hmm. some private boarding schools and some government um boarding schools. And then um, and it was the British system as well. So you go through this boarding. So I, you know, I was in boarding school for five years and then um came out of boarding school for one year, and then before I started coming to the US. And um, but that's her experience is different. I actually wanted her to go to boarding school because I, I felt that um, it stilled me a little bit in terms of being able to take care of yourself. I still wasn't able to take care of myself, but I knew what I was doing wrong. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I, knew, I knew I could, when push comes to shove, I know what I, I have to do right. Uh, yeah. And, um, um, but no, she, it, it was... Um, it wasn't that different, I mean, in terms of, you know, kids are kids, they go to school, they spend most of their time in school and they come back and have to do their work and, and go back to school. Um, so in that case, it wasn't that much different, uh, but except that in my case, I was in boarding school and, and, and in her case, she didn't, she didn't go to boarding school.
0: When you go to boarding school, that kind of separates you from your parents, right?
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, so my, you you, And it's not just like they're separating you from, you know, you're, you're in Milbury boarding school, you're in boarding school in Milbury and <laughs> parents are in Walnut Creek. No, right. you're in you're in San Diego and the boarding school is in San Francisco yeah. and it's it's not, it's back when you didn't have a cell phone to call your parents when things go bad. So right. the teachers have you and they have every right to spank you and get you, get you into shape. Wow. Um, <laughs> Did you get spanked? So,
0: uh, you got spanked in boarding school? Yeah, you.
1: Yeah, you, I mean, if you get into trouble enough, you get you get. Wow. Um, but it's 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 essentially a trust. It's, it's, it's that type. It's kind of like a trust system, right? So mm-hmm. I, I I get to this campus and I hand my children over to you and I trust you to treat them like your children and I leave. Yeah. And then they and then they they the teachers hand you over to the senior students and then they leave because they don't live on, on the polling. On the you know on campus with you you live on the boarding school with the older students and then uh, and then you guys sort yourselves out um, as you live your lives. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. You you make you make the best kind of friends there. I mean, I have you know I have friends um, from boarding school that you know you don't see for twenty years, and when you see them, it's like you only lost twenty hours, and you know because they. You know, you you grew up with them. You learned stuff about yourself with them, and um, you know, it's
0: yeah. it, it's so beautiful how because we just we forget how smart kids are. I mean, I'm not I I shouldn't say we. I say me. I forget how kids smart kids are, and um, like you could throw a bunch of six year olds together, and they're gonna figure out. What needs to happen between them? They're they're it's just, right. it's so funny. You can watch them have their negotiations of who gets what yeah. toys, and you know we're gonna play this game, and they make up the rules, and they agree on the rules, and they're like, okay, go. And then if they if there's if there's something wrong with the rules, like everyone will be like, no, 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 wait, that's not the rules. Let's come back to this. And it, it's like it's almost like watching parliament. It's <laughs> just yeah. like so they're going, oh, you. Yeah. It, it's so it's so interesting how ingrained in us it is to like. Just just you know we we want we want to be liked by our friends and we want things to be you know right in a way
1: right, yeah, yeah, just to let them and it's 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 what ultimately makes us who we become, right, when you leave them to sort things out i mean they they so they after a while they bought the old students form an association of you know classmates who are called old students association, um and they say like. Old Student Association 1980, 1981, 19 something. And that year of classmates uh, stayed together and, and tried to contribute something to the to the um, um to the school, to the community back. And you find that the you know the peacemakers are still the peacemakers, the mm-hmm. leaders are still the leaders, the the troublemakers like some of us are. <laughs> are now making trouble in fiction, realizing uh-huh. that making trouble in real life is going to get you in more trouble. <laughs> an old yeah, yeah. And, um, and um, but, but you, 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 all those things were almost formed, you could almost notice them when they're 12, 13, 14, 15. You know, uh, it, it's, it's amazing when you throw them in together and let them, you know, sort this out yourselves. And only when you can't sort it out, do you call us.
0: Yeah.
1: You see them work for the most part they'll always work it out they'll always yeah. sort it out yeah yeah
0: it, and, then and then it's, it's
1: almost oh go ahead they become they become they don't want to call you because they, they each be, they each find that they're they're a failure as a group not as individuals and they, they, they really work together to do that yeah
0: and that's the hope
1: yes that's the hope
0: for the future generations yes <laughs> noel thank you so much for coming on the show
1: thank you for having me
0: Thanks for listening to Drinks with Tony. You are on your radio dial at 101.9 FM, KPCRLP LP, Santa Cruz.